Welcome to Help from Future Self. Hello, Archons. Welcome to Help from Future Self, the conversational Keyforge podcast by and for Keyforge friends. I'm your host, Sydney, and I have here this week my best Keyforge friend. Hey, Blake, how you doing? Hey, Sydney, how are you? I am fantastic. I'm really excited to be here in the uh, in the new year. It's 2023 now that you're listening to us, um, and that's yes. what that's what we're going to be talking about today. So we're just really excited to talk about our goals and and hopes and dreams and everything exciting about 2023 for KeyForge. Totally, yes. I'm I'm definitely have a list of goals I want to uh, achieve this year that are very much KeyForge related. So uh, I'm excited to talk about this. Absolutely. So why don't we, before we like hop into 2023, cause I'm, I'm super excited about that. What was your, what was your favorite thing, Keyforge thing from 2022? Like, what do you remember most fondly? Honestly, I, I have to say two things. Cause there's, there's one moment that obviously I is going to send out. And I wonder if you have the same one. Uh, actually you, you probably don't, but for me it was <laughs> when we got to have the conversation with Christian Peterson and they broke the 1 million mark on GameFound while talking to us that oh interview my God. he's like oh everyone's going crazy that was that was a, a really great singular moment um but a general thing that i enjoyed i think the most was getting back to having a spoiler season for a new set and that feeling Ooh. and excitement attached to that i think that was more of a general like well i still haven't even gone through all the spoilers cuz I'm, I'm i'm kind of in a place where i really want to experience woe with my friend in a very sort of everything is new and exciting kind of way so i i've only been doing enough so that being on the podcast you know we have things to talk about and not diving too deep into everything. Sure, totally. I completely understand. How about yes. you? What are your favorite? So for me, I think um, being a, a play tester was kind of like the newest, coolest thing that could have possibly happened to me. And I think that that was just a a highlight and getting, getting to work with uh, some of the Ghost Galaxy team and all the other play testers. And, and that was something that just like, it was probably one of the most honored I've ever felt. But in in the realm of Keyforge that I got to experience in person, I have to say that is the highlight for 2022 for me, is the amount of Keyforge I got in person compared to, you know, all the way from the beginning of the pandemic, from like Keyforge Celebrations was an event that I was looking forward to having in person. And, you know, like I had the same feeling I had for every vault tour before then, or like primes and and same logistical planning, like all of that stuff. Like it just added together. And and then having the event at my store, going down to the city of Chicago, like the in-person play at the level that it existed in 2022 was beyond my wildest dreams when getting into 2022. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Yes, that's... Uh... The FOMO is still real over here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> My greatest regret of 2022, not going to keep our celebrations. But no, well, it, it logistically me, would not have worked. Oh, totally. That just makes me even more excited for, for 2023. And I mean, it's funny that neither you nor I, like, like Winds of Exchange is coming out in 2023. Like, a lot of people may already have their mm-hmm. hands on it, but like, we have all of these things to look forward to in 2023 already. I'm, oh, uh, it's going to mm-hmm. be the best. Yeah, I agree. Totally. And uh, probably not too long, hopefully, all things considered. I, I'm, I'm hoping we get it before April. 
I know, right? Okay. So, <laughs> so why don't we why don't we start with 2023? What are your do you throw out your first? What are you looking forward to in 2023? So I think um, the thing that I am most looking forward to is obviously the new set vibes that are going to come. Like that feeling of getting to explore a new set, being with your friends and your community and getting to enjoy that that first like, whoa, never seen this before and things happening in cool ways. Uh, that just new excitement that you know you are probably going to open up a deck and get to play with something you've never played with before. And I mean, are we going to get two sets this year? I know, like, right? That like, probably, that's up in the air. Is that the thing? Because normally, the I remember the last schedule was two sets a year. I don't know if they're going to keep on with that, which means we get at a ho- another set around the holiday season in 2023, I believe, is how that usually works. Um, is that going to happen? So, uh, yeah, just the, the thing I'm most excited for is the new set vibes and everything that goes along with that. Oh, my gosh. That's absolutely... Uh, couldn't agree more. I think that, like, it's, like... I'm going to like piggyback on that. One of the things that I'm looking forward to is like for the cool things that we are like not taking for granted right now, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to taking some things for granted, you know, like, like that Keyforge becomes a, a stable game again, that like things aren't up in the air, that we can like look forward to events that there, there aren't like, I like no more downtime. And I I don't mean no more wait time. Like I'm willing to wait Mm -hmm. for things, but no more time spent like not knowing, you know, like once, once Mm -hmm. I I start taking for for granted, oh yeah, the set's going to come out. I can plan around the next event. You know, I can save up my PTO or, you know, like put aside some, some time to like find babysitters and stuff. And so I'm looking forward to the just seasons of Keyforge being a regular, like, it's coming out. It's going to happen. The thing that they promised mm-hmm. is going to be there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that is going to be awesome. That's one of my goals for this year is to get to one event where I have to travel in some form, whether by vehicle or something. That's that's definitely one of my goals this year. How far would you travel? Like, what is your what is your criteria for what you would do? It's, it's probably going to be cost-related, to be honest. That's what it will be. It's whatever is the most cost-effective one will probably what I choose. And hopefully you will be there. <laughs> yes, I was going to say, is, is Midwest in, in the realm of possible Midwest United States? <laughs> it is It is possible, definitely. <laughs> they just have to have one up in Canada so I can come visit you. You know, it's a trade. I like, or I like that. even in Seattle. Like Seattle <laughs> is, a, is an easy drive. Yeah, if they do a Seattle one, that's three hours away. So, yeah. Love it. That's fantastic. I think one of one of my goals this year is to enter like an official event as a, like playing Alliance, like actually putting together an Alliance second. And, you know, that official event could be like at a local where like we're just all planning to get together to play Alliance. So I, I end up like looking through my decks and putting something together, even if it's last minute. But other than sealed, which I feel like I can ease more easily get myself into. I think I, I have a goal this year of like I can't knock it till I try it, so I have to try mm. Alliance. Fair. I mean, one of my my goals this year, well, is kind of around that sort of idea, and it's the idea of competitive versus creative is how I'm going to phrase it, oh. and it's choosing the type of player I want to be this year. 
because That's lofty. it's been so long. Yeah, right. So it's it's been so long since they're like before the pandemic, I would consider myself like quite competitive and I was looking to have really aggressive decks and things like that. But over the pandemic and taking that time where we weren't needing there was there's not a lot on the line when you're playing. I found that I got more into the the mid-level decks and seeing the the romance that they provided within the game of Keyforge. Like they weren't perfect, but they had things that were really exciting to explore and play. And I just really want to figure out what type of player I want to be because we're like four years into the competitive scene now, if you think about totally. it. Totally. So things have come, they've evolved, and it's quite interesting that we're we're the meta is what it is, but at the same time, it's not like other card games where you know you're going to see like five different archetypes. It's very diverse, and you could see things from any given set at any given time because there could just be one deck that's so good in just the way things came together. So that's what I'm kind of wrestling with this year as a goal is to try and define the real how I really want to play the game. Like obviously I'm going to play competitively in terms of I will play seriously, things like that. But do I really want to go after trying to find these just wildly insane decks and have these broken combos? Or do I want to play from a way where I'm going to do cool things and have the enjoyment of playing Keyforge Bingo? So do you think you're going to like settle into one or do you think like you're going to like flip flop between a couple or is it just going to be like a fluid, like, I mean, obviously going between two is a thing, but it's it's more like, I think it's really deciding how being competitive. Because I think if you want to be a competitive Keyforge player, there's way different steps you take in how you're going to approach the game. Preparing for tournaments, preparing for any event, you you would literally invest time, like have a team. Like, look, I'm not part of a team per se, but like I have friends that we can do these sort of things in a community, but like, for example, like SAS, when you hear them talk about the way they prep, like they all have their decks they look at together, try and find the most effective one for what they're looking to do. They can play test against each other and have really in-depth, almost almost like a job in a way. Like you're, you're, you're there's analysis and stuff. And, and I think if you're going to play competitively, you need to approach it at that level where it's like a regimented system and you're just getting it done and you're figuring out the best way Whereas I think if you're playing in a more casual or creative way, you can still play competitively in terms like you're playing to win, but maybe the regiment and the regime you have for getting ready is not exactly the same. Interesting. Like, I like how you're you're creating like a hardened uh, schedule for like, because competitive play, to be honest, in 2023 is going to be even more competitive. They've at, they put money on the line. So there's... Correct. there's like no question that people are going to be working as hard as possible who are already working really hard to like compete mm-hmm. and practice and pick their decks. And so it might, that might actually just become a tier of play Keyforge has never seen before. And that's the other thing too, is I'm, I don't know if I'll enjoy that. And I'm, I'm worried, will it take away some of the romance of the game playing like that? And that's fine. I mean, I, I'm grateful that I'm able to be a content creator and I think there is this interesting place being a content creator and a competitive player because I think it, it creates a very, um, I don't know what the word to use is, like the balance is different because if you're creating content and you're competitive, like some people love that, like look at BDQ, right. they were creating competitive content and 
aids for people learning the game. And I mean, this is not to knock them, but their their content wasn't exactly like the most riveting and had the entertainment <laughs> value. It was right. very informational and it was the most helpful stuff. I still think to this day, anyone joining the game is one of the most helpful things you can listen to. And Absolutely. It's, it's not like, I felt like I was attending a lecture at college for, you know, Keyforge, which I absolutely loved. I appreciated the crap out of that, but it's, I just think as a content creator, you have to decide, are you entertainment or are you information? Are you a little bit of both? Things like that. And, and that's really, like, really my goal for this year is to get back onto the content to train for my own stuff in new ways. So that's a oh, big Oh, your YouTube. I don't know. My YouTube and even here, just, I mean, we're pretty consistent here, but I know for my personal stuff, I've I've lacked the consistency over the year just because of everything going on. Oh, hiatus, totally. All that stuff. But now we're going to have no reason not to have things to talk about. What about Absolutely. you, Sydney? What's, what's a big goal I, for you this year? So I I have a lot of little goals, you know? Like, I think one of the things that, um, like, Ghost Galaxy has brought a lot of goals with them as well. And one of the things that they're trying to get people to do is play decks that they would have otherwise never played. And we since the pandemic started, like we've built out our basement, our kids have moved rooms multiple times. Like our Keyforge decks are all over our house. And what's funny is like, so recently uh, we moved my daughter from one room to another and we moved her into that room. Like she was born during the pandemic, but in moving her out recently, I found Keyforge decks that were there from before we, like the, the way that we use the room before we moved her in. So I haven't touched- oh those Keyforge decks. And I, I mean, it's the kind of thing where our collection is down just sitting all over the house. Like when we came back from uh, Keyforge Live, um, that uh, me, I, the convention that we put on uh, during the pandemic, like I had a huge uh, like stack of decks and, and they're actually just sitting here next to my desk, like not having been sorted since then. And so I can't even imagine how many decks I own that, that aren't even in decks of Keyforge. And that's how I decide what I play online. And so mm. just for me, I think this year, whether through Alliance or, or otherwise, I'm going to try and play more decks that I already own. And I mean, as excited as I am for Winds of Exchange, I, I want as many Winds of Exchange decks as I can possibly get my hands on. But I also just like looking at these these decks still in shrink from years ago, like it it's you know, the 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 it hurts my heart a little bit. Like I want I wanna make mm. those decks do something. Fair enough. No, I, I get that. So maybe a goal is to organize your Keyforge collection. <laughs> <laughs> That would be, that is a, it's a high level goal. That is a lofty one there. Yeah, that is a, maybe get them all in the same room. That would be a start for me. <laughs> hey, why not, right? Every goal needs to have baby steps to get yeah, to the exactly, end goal, right? Yeah, so, totally. Get them all in the same room I mean, and then, you know, open them, and then from play there, them. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I have a fairly decent organizational system where they're all in boxes and I have them alphabetized in terms of like anything with an ace is in this row type nice. of thing. Nice. Do you have them separated of, by set or are all... No, all no, that's too much. Because <laughs> if you look at... It's more like when I'm looking on DOK, the way it does it. They don't do it by set necessarily. It's just going to go... I'm looking at usually a score or something like that and seeing where it falls. And then that way I know where to look for it that way. It's just by going by the name. And I don't have... I mean, I have a lot of decks, but I don't have so many that I can't easily find it once I grab the right box. But I do I do have a big stack now that is, 
just needs to be now sorted into there. So like my system usually goes, okay, open them, they're loose. Then I grab the team bags and I put them back in the Archon card order. So they're like, looks like they're new in case someone wants to buy it and I can don't have to worry about it. Then from there, it goes into the the system of the the boxes, but I'm running out of space in the boxes. So that's <laughs> getting awkward. Yeah, we were super, super organized up to Worlds Collide. And actually, so I, we started doing the same organizational system for mass mutation. And because we had started with CODA, it actually, we have our separated by set by just kind of accident, kind of because we started organizing so early because like we have all of our CODA in one section and um, they are, well, were like the open in one area, unopened in another area, and the open was alphabetized. And then we did that all the way up through mass mutation. But then since then, like we've pulled things out and moved things around. And I know that everything that I owned and uh, opened up until Worlds Collide, they're all in Dexa Keyforge. Most of my mass mutation is, but honestly, like before the pandemic, I was using Dexa Keyforge mostly for like analysis for what I was going to bring to places. And so like when I stopped bringing decks to places before I started playing so much online, I didn't scan things in to the master vault because we weren't going to things. And that means they weren't Mm. coming up on decks of Keyforge for me to claim as my own. So there's a huge gap on what I own on decks of Keyforge. Fair enough. Yeah, that I I don't think I'm that bad, but I do have like a hundred over a hundred decks I haven't even opened. They're just oh my gosh on the shelf in boxes because I think I started collecting for Keyforge Advent Calendar. Nice. And I was doing that, and so I, and then obviously all the sales that I was able to like distribute to the community, the wholesale stuff that I personally was able to to do, that just in, like increased the stuff that I had. So I made sure I, I have like like you can see behind me next to my, yep. my fuzzy grew in there there's like all the decks are there and there's like i have the most mass mutation obviously because that was the one that everyone got just an immense amount of of. so like i have stuff there so i can i want to savor those though i think i want to you know as we go down the road like oh i want to revisit you know open a coded deck for the first time when you can't and that's what i think that's going to mainly be used for is to just enjoy the past sets since we can't really get them anymore now it's going to be harder and harder so i just wanted to keep something for whenever i'm feeling like you know what let's do this or maybe i'm going to do an advent calendar this year and throw one of each of the old sets in there but mainly the newest set type of thing so yeah that's that's a that's a good one i mean talking about collections i think a goal that i guess this is carrying over is um i want to play every deck i own at least once oh my gosh that's that's gonna be an undertaking yeah, and I and I did start it, and I even think I created a KeyForge account account called Coach's Collection just to do this. So, oh my gosh! And then if I do, to find out if I actually like the decks or not, right? And then I can just be like, nope, this deck wasn't fun. And then the ones that are good just stay in, and then and then yeah, that's that's something I want to do because I, I think I think it's good to say you've played every deck you own at least once. To not Absolutely. play a deck having opened it, I think is not great, and and obviously once I realized I wanted to do this, I started playing every deck at least once. So now I'm in a position where I've played every deck I own, except for things before, I want to say like before mass mutations, because it was mass mutations, you had to open every deck to see where right. things kind of fell and stuff like that. You're, so that's where it kind of started. So that's, that's going to be a goal that may be years in the making, but it'll be on the list for 2023. 
So do you have like any, like, how are you going to achieve that? Like, I mean, for me, the way that we open decks, like we opened it slowly. Like we would, Chris would open one and I would open one and we would play each other with them. And that's how we like started doing that. But we just, we got so many decks over time that we, we didn't continue opening it that way. Do you have like a plan on how you're going to do that? Yes, I have a bookmark in my <laughs> alphabetized case and I just put it there and I look at the deck and it's very easy. If if the deck is still in its shrink wrap, that means I haven't played it. If it's opened, that means I played it. Oh. So then I just go, anyone that's still in the original shrink wrap, I just go, okay. And it's going to be in my DOK. So I just grab it, put it in and play it. And I just go down the list. And anything that's in a team bag means that I've opened it and I've played it. So there's, I know like alphabetically anything that was in there exists and then anything I've added, I would have played. So I don't have to worry. I just keep going through the list and then seeing what's what. So it's, it's honestly probably, I've definitely acquired the most decks since uh, basically this ideology came of I must play every deck. So I, I don't think it's, it's like the bulk is been played. It's, it's the smaller percentage. Gotcha. That hasn't been played, which is good. Poor Ys and Zs that are at the end of your alphabetized list. You're going to get to them in like December next year. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. So I got to, I, I figure if I say doing one a week means I'll get through what, 52 decks in the year, but maybe I have to do two a week will be the the realistic way of getting through it. But yeah, that's, that's the idea. I mean, there's a whole whack load of French decks that I probably won't do because they're AOA French decks and I, and oh, I literally yeah. opened a hundred of them. That was the first time I did that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I just got up, they were so cheap and I just opened them all looking for Genka basically. That was right. the thing. I was on a totally. Genka hunt and I didn't get one Genka deck in like 120 decks. So that's insane. That was my fail of 2022. But I mean, I, I found <laughs> some really good stuff. There was good stuff. Like I definitely was using SAS for, for that one, but yeah, I don't think I'll achieve that goal with the French ones just because some of them just you know AOA has the highest bell curve of outliers of being really good and being absolute I don't want to touch this this is not going to be fun so totally I played enough AOA to know that I'm not missing out certain things right absolutely I uh, I think that like al- along those lines I think that one of my my goals and and this is something I've been actually struggling with is I don't know if I could do that and play most of my my foreign language decks because you have to play them online or like I don't have every like word of every card memorized. So I wouldn't be able to play like every one of my decks in person and be confident that I was playing it the right way. And and I'm kind of looking to to transition a little bit more of my play from online to in person because I know, at least for me, that's going to take a lot of work. I'm going to be the one leading the in-person play in my area. And um, I'm going to be the one that's like getting all my friends to get together to like make the trip to farther away places, whether that be like just store championships around the area or even like vault tours, if depending on how they set those up. Um, and I, I think that the the time and energy that I currently spend doing that kind of stuff online, and by that, I mean, like I'm not. I'm not spending that time to like plan logistics to do something online. I'm just making sure my husband can watch the kids for the two hours that I want to play this best of three for ABR, you know? Um, yeah, no, fair enough. The the time no, and energy. I, I, I hear you on that. Yeah, the time and energy that like I'm going to put aside to be able to do things in person, that that's going to have to come from my online play. That makes sense. I mean, that's a perfect segue because I was – wondering what you think is going to happen to the online scene in 2023 because um 
I imagine we're going to be in a place where TCO will have winds of exchange like ready to go the moment like anyone can play. Like I wouldn't even be surprised if it's ready before then, but uh, I guess it's just a matter of if they choose to hold off until it's officially released or not. But I, I imagine we could probably start playing it within the next few weeks. I, I think every card probably is known at this point, right? And Sure, yeah. So that's going to be the great thing. It's going to be ready to go probably on release. But what do you think the online scene is going to look in 2023 when people are getting out more? Do you think it is going to diminish or will it be the way it's always been? I love that question because I have been thinking so hard about this. Like, it's actually really hard for me to like let go of anything online because like the community is so amazing. I have made some of my, not only some of my closest Keyforge friends, but some of my closest friends online. I think that the the online play that currently exists is so incredibly robust that I don't, I don't think it will be hurt too much by in-person play happening more. And I'm hoping that's true. Cause what I think is, even though I know that there are already people like me who are going to try and make their on their in-person scene happen. And that might come with not playing as much online. I think the more people we get to play, the more that people in person realize that the game is online, it's just a circle. It's just feeding itself. Uh, I see what you're saying. And so I think that like, especially like, to be honest, my, my parent friends, once I like get together with them, teach them how to play and they're like, oh my gosh, this game is awesome. But like, I'm never going to make it out on a Tuesday night, uh, like to, to the game stores. Like, well, then I will see you online. This is the website. Right. No, I, I like that. Yeah. That's a, that's a good way of looking at it. And speaking of like new players, what are your thoughts that Alliance will do for that? Because that is a huge thing that Christian explained to us that part of the reason Alliance exists is because he felt that lapsed players and new players may come into the game by having some more agency over what is in your deck. Do you think we will actually see people come to the game as a result of this. So, and how oh my gosh, do you, you market that? You have such amazing questions. Right now, from what, what I'm experiencing and seeing, I think Ghost Galaxy is going to have to do a lot more of the legwork to get people to come into the game because of Alliance. I think that like right now, the current player base is is not... Like the new players that are coming in are coming in be, either organically and the material they have available to them, the rule book, the local game stores that have played it in the past, or even friends that have played it in the past, they've played standard or what Ghost Galaxy is calling standard, the non-alliance version. And so people that are like randomly joining the Facebook group so they can ask a, a an interaction question between two cards like people that are, are coming into the game stores and and asking like oh they heard about this game um or or they're watching me and chris play it at our local game store like we are more than likely bringing people in to play the keyforge that we know and love from the past not that i i don't like there are people out there that love alliance and will start preaching it for ghost galaxy but i honestly think that ghost galaxy might have to do more of the legwork with setting up or, or starting the like the official play where where notoriety starts reaching the alliance format so that people can can start preaching it for them you know um, I think that alliance will have new players enjoy the game once they get there but right now I don't think that that match has been lit mm, okay 
I agree. I think it's going to take some marketing on their part. Okay. I, I have like this, we're getting, you know how we say we're a conversational podcast. Like I'm getting so <laughs> many ideas to go off of what we're talking about. This is still 2023 related, but we're, we're going on a tangent here, folks. So, so stick around. This is going to be a fun ride. Um, <laughs> so obviously now we're going to see this next year, most likely more conventions and stuff happening. And which means Ghost Galaxy is obviously going to attend these gaming conventions. But do you think that Keyforge is best represented at a gaming convention? And here's the reason why I'm asking this question is because I notice a lot of people who go to gaming conventions are people who casually play board games and things like that. And they like having the diversity of things to choose to play. And I know you fall into this category as well because you have different friends and different things. And is Keyforge that type of game because to me Keyforge is a lifestyle game it's one that you don't casually play and I think if you casually play it you may not enjoy it because of the fact that when you come to a scene everyone is just so much more well versed than you are because they're living the game so that makes me wonder like obviously you're going to get exposure going to these of uh, these conventions but I thought when FFG was doing this being at these big events they weren't the correct ones for Keyforge and I just Ooh. noticed that the way people digested it was not like that like you need to go like magic doesn't go to these conventions Pokemon oh doesn't really go to these this so is, you, what, are you, what are your thoughts? Such a spicy take, like, oh my God. So right? I actually think that like Keyforge bridges it, bridge, bridges it just enough. So the way that mm. you're describing it is, I think, exactly correct. But the difference between Keyforge and every other game is no matter how much people pan this idea as, as being like old school or left behind, you can literally buy a deck and play it. So when you are at Gen uh, Con- I see what you mean. Yeah, when you're at Gen Con roaming the halls and you've picked up the newest Pandemic game, the newest Zombicide, and two decks of Keyforge, you can literally sit down and play any of them. You're not putting right. decks together. You have the, if you have a starter set, you have the rule books and tokens. You can actually sit down and play. So whether you become a, a competitive player or even a, a casual player to even seek to play the game again, most board and card games aren't played twice, let alone a competitive card game that is a, a lifestyle game. So I honestly think right. that like it is a perfect place for people who might get into Keyforge because they have that itch, but also haven't decided, like haven't decided to make the leap into magic or fab because it's too much. And so that is where they're going to get the exposure to the most people as well and i don't know if you could tell like my excitement level went up when you talked about conventions but uh one yep. of the things you pointed out i baited um, you <laughs> <laughs> about like them having events at conventions is also for logistics because gen con or origins like they already have their hotel block they already have like space for it and so being able to like ask origins if you can have floor space for an event rather than like i, I mean having having built an event from scratch i honestly can say that joining yourself to a convention is the most convenient way to throw an event for any any level like even if you weren't trying to get the casual player to come and join your game you're going to have the most logistically easy time you might even be invited to come to an event because people that are going to attend your vault tour 
wouldn't otherwise have gone to Origins. So might as well, like both working uh, mutually together to get people to come do the other thing. So I honestly think as events take off in 2023, I think that will also help drive Keyforge taking off in 2023. Um, I like that. That uh, makes a lot of sense to me. I um, I guess I was wrong. Yeah, I definitely, my opinion <laughs> has been swayed. And I can you totally definitely said see something. what you're saying. Like you make a lot of sense. I completely understand. Like it isn't something that you would think about, like makes sense together. But like from the perspective of someone who loves it so much, like I can totally see all the, the positive side of it. Fair enough. Okay. I see. And you made a very good point about the whole aspect of being able to just grab two decks and play, which is how Keyforge originally is. And that makes sense. And I wonder how Alliance will change that. I mean, I feel like Alliance almost is interesting because it's it's like a shuffle build at that point. And a lot of people are familiar with that style of of gameplay. So it's it is it is pretty interesting in in that regard. I feel like Alliance still stays true to those aspects you just spoke about. Where you could be like instead of like maybe going to the level that people will use like oh i want to try these three decks let's just shuffle these three houses together that are different and play which i honestly think could be a really fun cool way of playing alliance is almost like randomized alliance is where you literally have like this and you have to choose three randomly you don't know what they are then you shuffle them together and play blind like i think that would be a fun way of playing alliance casually where you literally have a goal it's like it's like however many players you have that many pods I guess you'd have to be careful about the same houses, but, um, or you put all the houses, but you don't know which ones they are in an area, and then everyone grabs one after the other, and then you have to play blind. I think that'd be really fun. Yeah, absolutely. I think that would be kind of cool. That's also the kind of thing that I think, like, with in person stuff happening again, like the kinds of crazy things that people came up with so that you could play weird things online or while sets weren't being released, people came up with the most awesome variants and formats. But now that we can play in person, like there's nothing stopping the cool new variants and formats from happening. Yeah, it's very true. Blind draft. <laughs> and um, <laughs> So I, as I said, as you're speaking, more things came to my mind with questions. So one thing that I've actually noticed, and this is at my own local scene, is and you kind of brought it up. So you mentioned the fact that magic and flesh and blood are things. But the crazy thing is, since the pandemic, when people couldn't go to stores, flesh and blood came out. Mm-hmm. Digimon came out. There was already the original magic Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh existed. And from what I understand, like Transformers, I think, came out. I don't know if that's still even going. But that also happened. And then you have as well the new One Piece which is the creators of Digimon are creating this, which are, I guess, these new anime card games, which is going to come. I am currently in my own LGS having an issue of getting time to play and book events. Competing for space is actually going to be, I think, the new problem because so many great games are being created. And that's going to be the true challenge, I think, for us moving forward in 2023 is getting the space because at the end of the day if we don't have enough players coming out it's going to be either the most like this is the day you get or you don't get it and it may not be the best day to get the most players out all these factors will come into effect like for me i can only do saturdays 
That's the only day I can do based on my schedule because Fridays totally. doesn't work really. There's no way I'm competing with Friday Night Magic, so it's not even a question because that's every week. And then Saturdays, like Magic, I feel like is releasing a set like every other month now too. So that's creating a problem. And then there's all these other things. So I'm actually having trouble getting an event. Like right now I'm at the point where I think I can only do a once a month event, which is really sad. Wow. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Have you talked to your like game store about future? I'm I'm booking things a month in advance, getting a date and telling everyone this is the date we're doing things because I don't have a choice. And they're like, this is the date I have for you. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And there's going to be a cap on how many players we can have as well. So, Oh no. Oh, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. I know that. So recently my, my game store in attempting to like branch out for himself, he's been joining with like actual, um, Oh, what are they called? Um, breweries in the area and uh they, they've been having game nights there that he he used to oh, hold at epic. his own store but like he's doing it not for space reasons but for like the coolness factor of like have have our game night at the brewery instead of at the game store and then come back and buy games later <laughs> um but i think that that's actually freed up a couple of uh nights a month um not that they put Keyforge in those nights, but he's basically just trying to innovate to get more people to come out to the game store in general because the momentum has started, but it's not picking up yet to the point where he's kicked us out. So he gave us every Tuesday night. And uh, so, well, since the event that we threw and so far we haven't had enough people to fire, but we've, we've still like, we're, we're trying to get the momentum going. I think that if something were to come up that would actually fire he he may in fact ask us if we still wanted tuesday nights or if we would keep trying or if we could you know sit in the corner while this other event happened so i yeah. i'm hoping that you make a really really good point like i'm i'm hoping that that's not a problem but you're right a lot of things have come up since the pandemic started that are now like that people are coming back to in person are coming back to these other things at the game store like I think that stat that Keyforge had about being just behind Pokemon, like it surpassed Yu-Gi-Oh. Remember mm-hmm. at one point? Yep. I think Flesh and Blood has. It might be even. I don't even know if it surpassed. I doubt it surpassed Pokemon. There's no chance. Pokemon is just <laughs> way too well. You know, what I think Pokemon's greatest strength is is that it has a very young audience that plays. Oh sure, yeah, you can get them in McDonald's Happy Meals. Yeah, so that's that's a big thing. Um, I mean, I started playing with my nieces, so. That's that's a thing. So it's it's um a lot of a lot of things that are now I guess what's the word I'm looking for? Um challenges, competitors of the game. And it's not just actually competitors of people playing, but it's it's also competitors of time and space, all these things that we actually didn't have to deal with prior to the pandemic. I mean you got to give a shout out to Flesh and Blood. They literally dropped a game in the middle of the pandemic with zero intention of playing online and have been absolutely killing it. Isn't like it in nuts? in every possible way. Like the fact that the value of the cards is the way they are, which means people see them as holding that value because it's a market-driven concept is just unbelievable. It's totally... Like, I love it. Like, there's part of me that was like, wow, I'd love to play, like, tr- like try this game. But I'm not going to play another game. Like, I've already decided, like, no, don't do it. But I'm still on the train of not building my deck. So Keyforge, Keyforge has my loyalty quite, quite strongly in that regard. Yeah, I mean, you're right. The deck building aspect is is the most off-putting for me. Like, I've done that. I've, I've, 
I've been down that path. I know where it leads. It's called an empty wallet and I'm not willing to do that anymore. <laughs> so it's, it's great. I mean, I, I'm loving Marvel Snap for that. It's uh, I don't know if you've played it, but it's a really fun. Oh, my husband is trying to get me into that. Yeah, I think every like I won't say every, but like ninety percent of KeyForge players play Marvel Snap. Oh, I hope he does not uh, listen to this episode because he'll make me play it again. (laughs) You should. It's really fun. The games take less than five minutes. This is not an ad for Marvel Snap. That's a disclaimer, but it's (laughs) it's it's really fun mobile game, and and I think it gives you everything you want from a KeyForge player's perspective. Sure, totally. Uh, so do you have anything left for for 2023? Your 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 maybe final thoughts on on what we have to look forward to, what you want to happen. So my last goal for this year that I haven't mentioned yet is related to content creation. And I really want to figure out new ways to present the game in an interesting way or interesting content ways. Cause I mean, I need to get back to doing my, my whale hunting segment, which I did, which was trying to find really expensive decks because I feel like there's a a whole new way of approaching that with Alliance. So that's kind of going to be my next sort of venture is, and it's going to be way more in depth. So um, my, my biggest issue right now is finding the balance of time to do content. That's been actually my greatest issues. I went from having a freelance job where I was more flexible with my time to working full time this year. That was a big part of me reducing my content and the consistency of it. Um, I still have ideas. I I wish I could create more content because I I have the drive to do so. It's just finding the time to, to fit it in right now. So I'm, and I, and I imagine it's not going to get easier for me right now. My life is only going to make it more complicated. So I just need to figure out where I can schedule and slot in time. I have a feeling it's going to be less sleep. (laughs) (laughs) I believe like, not only do I believe you, but I couldn't agree more. Like of all of the goals that I've mentioned this episode from like uh, attending events to like driving my local scene to organizing my whole collection, like where does the time come from? I feel like my first goal should be to not overwhelm myself, to like just to continue Mm. enjoying the game in whatever sense that takes. And then, you know, putting aside the time to do a little bit here and a little bit there. And like when a big event is coming up, maybe like start planning really early, but like not go crazy trying to fit it all in and and make it like my whole life. I mean, before before the pandemic, I, I didn't have two kids. So it's it's kind of nuts to think that like now we're, we're fitting everything back into our lives. And that includes the amazing future for Keyforge. Yeah, fair enough. Well, well said. Well said. Awesome. All right. So we cannot end an episode of Help from Future Self without the titular segment. Help from Future Self. So I think, Blake, you and I agreed on the Help from Future Self today. Both of us decided that one of the things that we want to to get going is our in-person play. And whether that's driving it at the game store or getting our friends together to play, but getting the in-person play back because what we are getting from Ghost Galaxy is the ability to to play in person with new sets and having the new content come out from them means that 
what we what we've had in the past the the local gameplay and the the traveling to events and the conventions are, are all available to us again and want to make sure that our game stores know that we're here for it totally yes that is that is exactly the sentiment is go play live like Sydney and I after last week's episode we told you about our experiences both getting to do a live event and honestly it's it was amazing it was like getting to see old friends like I saw people I hadn't seen in a couple years and it was just really fun and to know people came back was just fantastic and it was honestly such a fun time like we all had such a great time so get back to playing in real life like even if that means doing the Zach Armstrong route, which is going to your game store every week with you and another person and maybe no one shows up, but being present. So if someone does arrive who's new, that may be what we need to do. And I think we are that game that is so inclusive and we are such great ambassadors for wanting to make it grow. And we personally have individuals in the community who will go that extra mile to just be present and sacrifice an evening even though they have family even though they have less free time they go there because they care about the growth of this game so much and i think we all need to just take up that mantle because two becomes four four becomes six six becomes seven oddly enough i don't know why it works that way and you have one person <laughs> buy, but that's how it works and then you get to nine and ten and then we'll get back to having the 12 to 16 people four round nights five round nights which we have not gotten to do for a while. So be that person who goes out and is willing to just be present for anyone who wants to take on the game and reach out to your friends to come with you. Just like, hey, come hang out with me tonight. We're going to play a game. It's going to be fun. And just get that one person to come with you and have a great time. Oh, love it. Totally. Well, you can find us on Discord. The link is in the show notes. I am SC Steel on Discord and TCO. And Blake, where can people find you? You can find me on Discord as Boulevard Blake number sign 3840. That's BLVD Blake number sign 3840. As well as my YouTube under Boulevard Blake. I am hoping this week to get some content out. Fingers crossed. I know I said last week I would. But the holiday season is always hectic and it proved to get the best of me. But next week, I'm going to seriously look at starting the year with getting some great content out for everyone. So I hope you subscribe to that and uh, leave some comments. I always appreciate it. Totally. And Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. We will be back again next week with another episode of Help from Future Self. Until then, stay forging.